count your many blessings. Mm. When upon light pillows yes. you're getting yeah. this stuff. Praise for Now this song has been in my mind because sometimes sometimes we we tend to look at the blessings and look at the obstacles and we focus on the obstacles and the problems and fail to look at the blessings. <laughs> the scripture says a living dog is better than a dead lion. Somebody says, I want to be alive. Well, a dead lion is not as good as a living dog. And a lot of times when we take our eyes off the possibilities and we take our eyes off the blessings of God, we tend to stumble on the things that are disappointing and hurtful. This song is a good one, and it tells you what to do in the midst of all your battles and trials. Hope oh, we can sing it. Praise God. Amen. <laughs>
Praise the Lord. Glory, glory. Why don't we all stand and sing that? Praise God. Amen. Father, tonight, as we come before your presence, we come with praises and adoration and thanks. Thank you so much for our Lord Jesus. Thank you for this place that we can gather together to worship you. Thank you for this past week, Lord, that we have gone through and we've experienced your protection, your provisions, your help, and your guidance. Here we are tonight, Father. Just want to show you much gratitude and thanks for all that you've done for us. Indeed, Father, we can count our blessings. We can name them one by one. 
we can reflect on the past. Lord, the things that you've done for us, we cannot thank you enough. Thank you, Father, for strength when we were weak. Thank you, Lord, for your light when we find ourselves so many times in darkness. Thank you for the hope that you've placed in our hearts, the hope that's beyond our comprehension. No, Lord, many a times those around us might not understand why we come to church and why we serve you. But deep down in our hearts, there's a gratitude. There's a thankfulness. Oh, Lord, help us never, ever to be unthankful for your many blessings and your care for us. Thank you for the cross tonight. Thank you for the Garden of Gethsemane where our Lord, he suffered bore our sins and our sorrows and our sicknesses and our problems. Father, we thank you tonight for this night that we are gathered together for those that are here and those that are listening over the year. Lord, we know that there are needs in your lives. Father, there are problems still to be solved. But Father, we cannot do it on our own. We can come to you tonight and ask you for strength. Lord, we ask you that you'll guide our steps and Lord, we pray that you'll increase our faith and our trust in you, Lord. Help us never, ever to turn back, but to look forward. Bless our service tonight, we pray. Remember those that are sick, oh, Father, we pray that you'll reach down your healing hand and touch their bodies, touch their minds, their souls, and their spirits, oh, Father. In Jesus' name, Lord, those that are discouraged tonight and Find problems in their lives, in their homes, in their marriages, with their families. Oh God, we ask you for strength and wisdom. Ask for healing, oh Lord. We believe and we trust in you tonight in Jesus' most precious and wonderful name. We thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Amen. <clears throat> Please be seated. I really appreciate the songs we sang tonight. Especially the one that, the, the, the hymn that we sang that says, uh, When upon life's billows your tempest tossed, and when you're discouraged, thinking all is lost. Have you been there? I've been there. I've been there before. I've been in situations where I felt that my prayers don't even go up to heaven. Been in situations where I felt alone. And I felt that I wonder if it's worth it coming to church and serving God. I've been there. When you, upon life's billows, you are tempted, tossed, and when you're discouraged, thinking all is lost, stop for a moment. Reflect back on the past. When Moses was writing in Deuteronomy, he says, And remember that thou was a servant in the land of Egypt, and the Lord thy God delivered thee with a mighty arm. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. And before you know it, you'll get out of that, that uh, situation and that frame of mind of discouragement, because God is in control of all things. You know, this past week, I had a lot of things to think about. And as a matter of fact, quite recently, I've been uh, going to the hospital to visit uh, some people, family and friends. And uh, 
it's it's not a very pleasant place to to go uh, you see people that are sick and all kinds and uh, you walk out of there and there's a gratitude in my heart that says Lord I thank you that you've got your hand on my life you know look around and you see people that don't serve God that don't go to church and don't uh, read their Bibles and don't pray and live very an ungodly life and they seem to get along in life <laughs> and uh, those that that are not productive on the job they stay and the children of God get laid off and you look around and you know all these things no, no wonder Peter when I think it might have been in Matthew when he says he says Lord we have forsaken all and follow thee what shall we have see our hope is not in this world our, our future is not in the Canadian society or in this land that we are living in, in this world that we are living in it goes beyond that and that's what keeps me coming back to church and serving God because my hope goes way beyond what this world has to offer Oh, there's a, there's a lot of things in this world that that uh, is enjoyable, and pleasures and, and happiness and, and joy. What I find is that it'll come to an end. You know, I I think I read the other day an article that uh, so long they have been trying to find a vaccine or a cure for for HIV, AIDS, and they still can't. How many years have they tried to even find a cure for cancer? And they can't. They try to duplicate so many things around us. And we are grateful and thankful for our, uh, our health department and the age we live in with technology and, and, uh, and science. But when it boils down to it all, the only hope that we have is not in the medicine, and, <laughs> no, not in science. They can go so far only. Our hope is in Jesus. Amen. See, the, the reason why I'm grateful tonight and thankful to God is because He came and for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God looked down, there has, had to be a sacrifice. And back in the days of old, in the Old Testament, and we all are very familiar with that, when, when someone sinned, they had to make a sacrifice. And that was God demand that they, they take a turtle dove, or a lamb, or a, a, a bullock, an ox, and sacrifice that for the remission of their sins. But that did not take away sin. That only covered sin. And so God had a plan for every one of us. You know, it's, it's encouraging to know that before this world was even formed, He knew you. He knew your name. He knew that tonight would have been a night that you would be in church. Or wherever you are, He knew that ahead of time. His He's all knowledgeable. And uh, so he decided that he had to take a lamb 
not from this world. He had to be a sacrifice. And the only sacrifice that was available or could have been given was the sacrifice of his son, the Lord Jesus. And we read in the Bible and we, we read about Christmas time. Everybody celebrated his, uh, his birthday. And, but they failed to realize that he came into this world for a reason. He came to set us free, free from sin. He was rejected so many times by those people around him. He lived in this earth, he walked this earth, and, and he healed the sick. He helped so many people in this earth. And those, many of those individuals that received help from him turn against him. One time when he was riding into Jerusalem, and they said, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And they were rejoicing and thankful. But at another time, when, when, when the Lord began to deal with individuals, you see, living this Christian life is just not a bed of roses. No. It, it, uh, it demands a lot of sacrifice. It demands a lot of a pain and suffering. And God has to take us through a lot of preparation for us to be in the kingdom of God. I've had an uncle in Guyana that was a goldsmith, and I remember times in which I'll go into his little shop, and he'll buy raw gold, and he had a little uh, instrument that he'll he'll fire that fire it up and, and start to melt that gold. He could not purify that gold with palm olive. <laughs> he could not purify that gold with any detergent you name. The only thing that that gold needed to be purified is fire. And the reason why that gold is put on the fire is because that, uh, that person that's operating that device to purify that gold is to take that imp all the impurities out of that gold. It bur it's burnt out so he can have pure gold, so he can make... Uh, a ring or, 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 or some jewelry that is a pure gold. And for us to be in God's kingdom, he's taking us through a process. And that process is not an easy thing. No. Uh, you see, when you go to the doctor and you've got a, a disease in your body that would require major a procedure or operation... It's uh, not a hocus-pocus and just a, a flash of a wan and it, it, he's, it's all over. No, it's painful. Uh, it's, uh, it's very discouraging sometimes. Uh, it's um, it's a, a time where uh, it's embarrassing. Uh, and you go through that, that process. But a lot of people, a lot of individuals, and this is why I appreciate the house of God. That I'm here and I'm learning so much about God and His ways. And the process that He's, he's taking me through. So when I'm encountering difficulties, I'm not getting discouraged to the end that I could just give up on life. No, I know that there is an end result for it all. 
And I am not the person anymore that would just look at the, the goal and then the obstacle comes and comes in the way. And obstacles do come. Like every day you find that obstacles come. Hindrances come. And when you feel that you're just about to make a very good breakthrough in life, something comes up and takes away that opportunity from you. So what do I need to do? Well, I don't focus anymore on the obstacles. I don't ignore the obstacles, but we don't, as children of God, we don't focus on the obstacles. There's a goal that lies ahead. What I do with the obstacles, I turn those obstacles into opportunity. That I can turn things around and I can go through those situations. No wonder, and the, the scripture says, in uh, might have been in, in Isaiah, the 43rd chapter of the book of Isaiah, when he says, he says, the Lord said, he says, when you go through the waters, you have to go through the waters. You're not, there's no way around the waters. He said, when you go through the waters, he says, I will be with you. They shall not overflood. You shall not be overflood with the waters. When you go through the fire, you would not be burned. He says, I'll be with you through the fire and through the floods and through the difficulties of life. I'll be with you. Mm -hmm. uh, they shall not harm you. David said, he says, Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadows of death? I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You look around and you see the ungodly children, the people, that, uh, those uh, individuals, the non-church goers, so to speak. Uh, they, they prosper in life. They drive nice cars, don't they? Yeah, they have nice homes. And uh, their children are so successful, so to speak, in, in, in this world. And you're struggling. You struggle every day of your life. You struggle. You struggle to make ends meet. And you give some money to the church. And before you get home, you go to that mailbox, which can be very depressing sometimes. You open that mailbox, and instead of a check, you've got a bill that you would have to pay. I remember some time ago, we were in, I think might have been in Dufferin Street. Our church in Dufferin Street. When, and we were, we were taking an offering and pledges for... The, uh, the, the, the building where we were, we were buying, the church building in Kenyon Avenue. And I remember I made a pledge. And, uh, and I was going home and, and pulled in on the driveway right after church Sunday. Pulled in on the driveway. And the pressure hose, the brake pressure hose in my car busted. <laughs> and it could be very frustrating for every one of us. When you have a little busted area in your life. And a broken thing. And things don't go the way you anticipated to go. And I stopped there for a moment. And I was so frustrated. It says, God, I give you money. And this is what I get in return. <laughs> this is your payment. And you know, you know what? I thankful to God that there is something that's called a conviction. And a conscience. That we all have. And this little thing began to speak to me on the inside, and that was my wife's car, actually. And, and uh, it, uh, I began to hear this thing on the inside that says, well, do you want that hose 
to, to bust when she was on the highway driving, when she couldn't control the car. She can't control the car anymore, and, and it's going to end up in an accident, probably a, a, tra a tragedy. And I says, you know what? I, I thought about it, and I says, I'm sorry. I says, I'm so sorry. And many a times we do things without thinking. Uh, if we can actually think about the consequences and the end result before we do things, we would not do things. As a matter of fact, I've said this over and over again. If, if the prisoners would stop and consider the consequences for their action before they commit that crime, the jails would have been empty tonight. But we don't as human beings, and we'll be human beings until we are dead. We are human beings and we tend, to, we tend to be discouraged and we tend to want nice things and we tend to be frustrated when things don't go the way we want it to go. But count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Many a times we could have died on the highway and we don't realize it. You see, until the Lord allow us to crash our cars and come out of there, we don't realize that the angel of the Lord and can't write about them that fear him. Sometimes God allows us, he puts us in that position or that situation to help us to grow and develop in him. Without a sickness in our bodies, we don't know. We cannot experience his healing power. True. Sometimes we fall into sin like, like David. And when we get into sin like that, we don't experience. We, we, without getting into sin, we don't experience his hand of forgiveness. That he has forgiven us. He can forgive us and cleanse us. He's, Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. He says, and I will give you rest. And we are not alone. He says, lo, I am with you always. Sometimes you may feel that you're alone. But he says, no, I'm with you always. David said, hey, do I walk through the valley of the shadows of death? He says, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And we look into the scriptures. You see, and this is why I appreciate this Bible that God has blessed us with. This Bible is, is, is useless if it's not interpreted right. If we don't have someone to interpret the word of God, how can they call upon him in whom they have not believed? Paul said when he was writing to the Corinthians. He says, and how shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? You see, many went... But few were sent. And today in our time. The scripture says in Job. I think it was when Job said. He says if there be a messenger. With him an interpreter. One among a thousand. That was thousands of years ago. Today there are so many voices. That people get confused. You turn on the television. And there's somebody preaching. You turn on the radio. There's somebody preaching. And there's so many individuals and preachers and voices around the world that confuses people. You know, when Jesus, when, if you were to reflect back in the, in, in the Bible times and you were living in Jerusalem. And uh, you wanted to find a church. You really wanted to serve God and you wanted to find a church. Uh, there was, there was uh, you, you walked down the street 
and uh, there was a big beautiful building with a nice steeple on top and it looks very uh, very posh and rich people would go there and it was called the church of the pharisees now if you enter into the church of the pharisees and god's not working there you're, you'll be lost because God was not working in that. Not every building that you see up and every, uh, any building with a steeple on top means that God is in that place working. You bypass that. Now you wanted God. If you wanted a good job, you can go join the Pharisee church and you'll get a good job. You bypass that. You walk down a little more in that street in the left-hand corner. You see another beautiful building and it's called the Church of the Sadducees. And you want the prestige in life? You be a part of that, but God was not in the Sadducee church. You go down a little further and you see the church of the Essenes and the Nazarites. And God was not in all of those. And you see, why you really want to find God? Then you heard a little commotion. You hear a little noise. You've passed them all and you went down in the river Jordan. And you see a man dressed in camel here. And he eat. His meal, his, his, uh, his diet was wild locusts and honey. He was scruffy looking and not uh, really accepted in the, in the eyes of the society. His voice and his, his, his speech was crude. And all you heard was repent and be baptized. He says, you two-legged snakes, you generation of vipers. He didn't have anything polished. Uh, in his words. He didn't have any good vocabulary. That would win friends and influence people. He was crude in his word. And he says repent and be baptized. In the name of Jesus. Now you would have. If God did not touch your mind. And God didn't touch your eyes. And your heart. You would have thought that was a cult. But the way he dressed alone. And the way he was talking. You thought that was a cult. But you know God bypassed those beautiful buildings. And those beautiful edifices and facilities. And, and he, he was not working with those. He was working with the one that society rejected. He was working with John the Baptist. And if you wanted to find a true move of God. You had to go and join. Or be part of what John the Baptist was working with. And today we've got so many voices around. And everybody knows something. I appreciate Wednesday night when we dealt with and uh, uh, you know uh, uh, you go you go to the funeral you go to a, a funeral and and uh, uh, people have a false hope a lot of people have a false hope and you listen to what uh, uh, what is being said and and if it's my relative I want to hear good things about that person come on we are human beings I want to hear good things said about that person I want to hear. I want to hear that that person is is going out somewhere alive. But you know what? I really appreciate this church is because we are learning the truth of God's word. Why live a lie? Why live in a in a fantasy world? You know your dream. Have you ever dreamt that you won a million dollars and you're driving a beautiful Lamborghini and you've got a beautiful mansion and you're rich and you got it all made? And you felt so happy. Unfortunately, you have to wake up. <laughs> when you woke up, it's not real. It was just a dream. And sometimes we daydream. We dream on things that are not real and practical. But the word of God has been a, a help to every one of us. And they shall know the truth.
And sometimes the truth is not accepted. Most of the times it's not accepted because it does not go with us what we want in life. To suffer for God, we don't want that. When the scripture says, and all them that would live godly shall suffer persecution. We don't want that. We want a bed of roses. We want it when we come to church, everything should be posh and everything should be nice. No, that's not the way that God wants for a child of God. There's a process. There's a way. There's a path. There's a road that he's taking every one yes. of us through. That's not filled with beautiful roses and, and, and the streets of gold. No, it's not. This road that he's taking us through is a road that will remove from us things that are not needed in our lives. Remember the, the, the lesson of the painting? And many times we look at the painting and, oh, it's just, a, it's just like smudges on that canvas. Oh, it's just like, we don't understand what it's that. It's, it's a background that's all black or white or, and there's dots and there's a painting just smudged on. No, no, no. You look at that and that's what you see. But God sees the completion of that painting. And your life might be just like that. And society look at you, they may feel uh, that, that you have got nothing to offer. You, they may feel that you are nothing and nobody. But when God looks down on you, mm -hmm. he sees differently. He sees potential. He sees that little clay, that lump of clay that the scripture talks about in the 18th chapter of Jeremiah. When that potter takes that clay, big clay, and put it on that potter's wheel. And he begins to mold that vessel. Have you ever been to a pottery, a place where they, they, they mold vessels and they do pottery? Uh, I've had one in Guyana when the guys would just take that lump of clay and, and work it on that table, spin around, and he'll work that clay and he'll work that clay up. And then suddenly the scripture says and that, that vessel that he was, was working on was marred or it was spoiled. Mm -hmm. Something was in that clay that caused that vessel to be marred and that and, and he what he had to do he had he had to crush that vessel it's painful to be crushed it's painful to lose someone that you love it's painful to lose your job it's painful to go penniless in your pocket there's no money and you got bills coming bills bills and and it's painful when you serve god and you've got a sickness on your body <laughs> and everybody else is happy but you're you you've got this you gotta you pray about it and there's nothing happening you come up for prayer and you fast and pray there's nothing happening when paul said he says he says uh, uh he says uh, unless i be uh, exalted above measure he says, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. God has his way of working in every one of us. He has his method to work in every one of us. And when that, that potter was working in that vessel, his hand hit something in that clay. It was a lump. It was a rock. And that rock, if he was, was going to complete that vessel, that rock would have made that thing imperfect. That vessel imperfect. So what he had to do, he crushes that vessel, that clay, and he pulls that rock out. And it's not an easy thing. God, it's painful. When he's got to pull that rock out of there, it's painful. Many a times have you gone to bed and you try to sleep and because of the burden that you carry and the load that you carry, you can't sleep at night. You find that the pain is so much and no matter what you say, they say that... Uh, 
you know, if to, to, to sleep, you count sheep. <laughs> you know the old saying, you count sheep, one, two, three, four. Well, many a times I count sheep, I count goats, I count pigs, I count everything and still don't sleep. All of this don't sleep. Why? Because there's something that's resting on your chest. You get up in the morning and you want to go to work, but you're fearful to go to work because you don't know what's going to happen. You hear things happening in the job. You want to go, but you don't want to go. And in life, you're afraid to go for the test results from your doctor. When you did a, a biopsy and they call you into that, says, come on in, we want to see you. You are worried about going into the office for the results. Have you been there and scared to have the results? You have somebody accompany you and, and then the results come and it is not favorable. I remember when my nephew went in for his results. He was fine. Life was okay. But he went in for the results and he says, I'm sorry. But the doctor says, I'm sorry to tell you, but you have stage four cancer. He fell down. He just collapsed. And many of us, sometimes we collapse when we hear things. But be, be, beyond all of the cancer, beyond all the problems, there's a God that we serve. There's a God who made every part of our bodies. There's a God that's able to do the impossible things. Is the God, he says, I'm the Lord thy God that healeth thee. And many, many individuals, many children of God went to their grave with a sickness in their bodies. They did not go like a health, live a healthy life. They went to the grave. But you know what? The grave is not the end of it all. Reason why I come to church over and over and over and over again is not that... This is, this is something that we have an, an entertaining center. No. But the promises that God has placed in our hearts. That there's coming a day. We're not going to heaven we heard. The Bible does not speak heaven and hell as the ultimate. It speaks life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him. You see it's just not attending. It's believing. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But you'd have everlasting life. Scripture says the wages of sin, the reward of sin, the payment for sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That is why God sent his son into this world to be that sacrificial lamb. To die, not only to cover sin, but to redeem us from sin. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. And tonight we can say even though he does not heal our bodies. The goal that we have ahead of us is stronger than the sicknesses. And the problems and the difficult times that we face. Because there is coming a day that's called a resurrection. When the Lord coming back to this earth. To resurrect those individuals that serve him faithfully. And this body will not be the same no more. This corruptible, the scripture says, will put on incorruption. This mortal shall put on immortality. There would not be aspirins and Tylenols and medications in the kingdom anymore. But this whole earth would be transformed into the glorious 
paradise of God. We, you and I would live a life in the kingdom of God. But the t- tears would be a thing of the past. Sorrows would be a thing of the past. For now sorrow may endure for a night. The scripture says. But joy cometh in the morning. You know children of God. We are looking forward to that day. When we can be in God's kingdom. When he can resurrect us from the dead. And this body would be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. Let's serve God through our problems. Let's ask him for strength. As we face the challenges that lies ahead. Let's ask him for wisdom and strength. Let our faith not dwindle. But let's pray that God would increase our faith. And our confidence in him. There's hope for every child of God. Tonight I'm glad that I'm in church. The weather outside is cold, but I'm glad that I'm in church tonight serving the Lord. Why don't you join with me in prayer tonight? Father, we thank you tonight for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for the promises that you have given us. That we can look to you for our strength and our guidance and our direction. We commit our future entirely in your hands. Those of us, O oh Father, that face with different challenges in life. Lord, you see the wounds and you see the hurt and you see the sorrow and you see the problems. You see the burdens that we carry. Oh God, I pray that you'll help us to accept Lord Jesus in our lives because he makes the difference through it all. Be with us, we pray, as we commit our lives entirely in your hands. In Jesus' most precious and wonderful name we ask it. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. We want to receive our Sunday, uh, our Saturday night offering, pledges, whatever we have to give to the Lord tonight. Let's rejoice and thank God for his goodness and his mercy. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God.